All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to go to iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. That way you don't have to worry about when episodes get released because they go right to your phone. we got a lot of cool things going on right now. We've got a two-man, three-morning goose hunt giveaway if you go to the Big Honker Podcast Facebook page. Uh, it's the top post right there. It's pinned to the top. All you got to do is read the directions and you can enter to win a three morning goose hunt. You and your buddy can come out here and you can hunt alongside the dive bomb crew. They're going to be out here November 14th, 15th, and 16th. And you're also going to walk away with two dozen dive bomb silhouettes. So go to Facebook, Big Honker Podcast Facebook page, look at the rules, enter to win. Speaking of dive bomb, we need to thank them. They sponsor this podcast. You can go to divebombindustries.com today. And you can get all the decoys that you're going to need for this upcoming season. Hunting season's finally here. We can rejoice. The wait's finally over. So go to divebombindustries.com today. Get the spread that you need for this upcoming season. Because what's going to happen, December's going to get here, and you're going to think, son of a bitch, I should have got the decoys back this summer. And you can save yourself 10% by using our promo code TRUMPTRAIN at checkout. That's TRUMPTRAIN, all lowercase, all one word, will save you 10% on the decoy spread of your dreams. Get some silhouettes from divebombindustries.com. You can get more decoys, less money. This podcast is brought to you by 737 Duck Calls. 737 Duck Calls, original design, select grade components, superior sound, and unparalleled service. 737 takes exceptional pride in producing the finest quality, best-built premium calls on the market today. They are made in America and offered only direct to the consumer. Folks, you can't buy them in a store. you got to order them online. They also accept international orders, a 20-day money-back guarantee, and a lifetime warranty accompany every call purchase. 737 Duck Calls lead the flock. Folks, go to 737DuckCalls.com and put in on their coupon code HONKER, H-O-N-K-E-R, and save 15% off all your purchases at 737DuckCalls. I'd like to thank Big Honker Podcast sponsor Stanfield Hanging Outfitters. That's www.stanfieldhunting.com. Check us out. We've got some great specials for October. We've got a dove-duck combo for the last weekend in October. We're High Plains Mounted Management. Start, we, the earliest place you can start shooting ducks in Texas, High Plains. Check us out for that. We've got dove-hog combos. We've got some dove-pheasant combos. And we got some dove-hunting left. i got the first weekend in November. I can do a father-son hunt. Anyways, check us out at stanfieldhunting.com. That's www.stanfieldhunting.com, home of the Big Honker Lodge. I'd like to thank Big Honker Podcast, William Chris Wines. That's William Chris Vineyards out of High Texas. Folks, if you need that wine for that special occasion, it's wedding season coming along. Zach's getting married first weekend in November. He needs to go to William Chris Wines and William Chris Vineyards and WilliamChrisWines.com. You can get a case of wine sent to you for $1. Go to promo code HONKER, H-O-N-K-E-R, coupon code for WilliamChrisVineyards.com. You can find William Chris Vineyards or William Chris Wines at Bucky's General Foods and most other high-end retail outlets for wine. And that's WilliamChrisVineyards.com, home of Sway Rosé. This podcast is brought to you by Sea Light LEDs. They build stuff by hand for hunters by hunters. When it comes to your lighting needs, come check out the new standard. They specialize in lights for bow fishing, duck hunting, and off-road lighting. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook, or check out their website at SeaLightLEDs.com. That's S-E-E. L-I-T-E-L-E-D-S dot com. Folks, you're fixing to get your traders ready to go to Canada. You're going to go to the Dakotas. You're going to go wherever you're going to go to hunt. You're going to need some lights. You can make a light stand. Check out SeaLightLEDs.com.
Three, two, one. Boom, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. And on the line with us today is a real treat for anyone that fishes, grew up fishing, watching sport TV. We have online with us Memphis, the legend from Memphis, Tennessee, Mr. Bill Dance. Bill, how are you doing? I'm doing great, uh, Jeff. Andy, how are you two guys doing? Fantastic. Texas has got some rain, so everything is good here. And bo- I'll tell you one thing. We got a we've got a storm. I tell you it is poured here. Uh, we go from one we go from one cycle into the next, you know. It, it won't rain, we'll be in a drought and then all of a sudden it'll just that's all it'll do is rain. And then we'll be in another drought and then it'll just pour and pour and pour. So uh understand uh, we've been doing a lot of catfishing on the Mississippi River. Just finished a big catfish tournament this past weekend and one a week before that. And uh, Mississippi's getting down low and everything's just getting right. And then I understand, uh, I heard this morning, the Ohio's supposed to jump 20 feet. Ooh. And, of course, all that all that water's going to head right this way, so it's going to change our river again, too. So, uh, And then a, that hurricane's supposed to hit the east coast, and if it goes kind of northeast, that's going to be more water that's going to come down our way, so we'll get it, too. How did but, you how'd you do on your uh, catfishing tournament? Oh, we did, but that's about all. <laughs> we 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 uh we got a limit, but we didn't get big enough limit. That was our problem. We we just didn't get a we we never got a big fish. We needed a big fish, but uh, uh we we just never got a big one. But we had a good time though. That's all that counts. So Oop. yeah, they're yep. saying this uh that hurricane is kind of barreling down uh you know kind of right for y'all. Well, it's uh, it's supposed to hit the East Coast. Uh, they're talking about maybe Friday, and some of the models say it's going to kind of turn and go northeast. Uh, if it goes up through the Ohio Valley, they'll get a lot that, that rain, and they say we've got a high pressure moving that way. And if the high pressure kind of hits it, it'll kind of stall it a little bit. So, who knows? I'm glad I'm not a weatherman. Well, in one way, if I was, you know, it's nice to get paid to be wrong so much. So. Uh, that might not be a bad job. Now, what kind? What kind of fish won this catfish tournament? What's it? What's what's a big catfish like? I, I know in a big bass tournament, if you catch a bass, the at biggest, 10, the biggest. I think the biggest cat blew weighed in was eighty five, eighty five pounds. Whew. But we had we had three fish over eighty weighed in, and one hundred and thirty five pounds won the tournament. Five biggest fish. We didn't. I think our biggest five weighed right at eighty, eighty, eighty three. This. Uh, we we never got a big fish. Never even got a big fish bite. But we fished where big fish were. I mean, we've caught big fish in the area we fish. But uh, well, what um, what? But, so an eighty five pound blue is what won that? No, it was part of a five fish catch. Okay, um, okay, that's what I was. The saying. guys that won it, uh, they had an eighty five pounder, but me. they had a total weight of five fish that weighed one hundred and thirty pounds. So that one fish was part of their one hundred and thirty pounds. No, what, what? And then uh, I think second place, Randy had, he was in second. They had a 75-pounder, and they ended up uh, 115 pounds, I think. Well, what's the biggest, what is the state record there for a blue? Our state record is 100 and, I want to say it's 100 and it was caught out of Cumberland. I think it's around 134 pounds. Good Lord, that's a lot of fish. That feed, that yeah, feed a lot, that'll feed a lot of folks for damn sure. Uh, you put it in the middle of the table and you can eat on it for a while. <laughs> Bring the whole family in. 
Well, I, I may ask you this now. How, how old? Are, how old are you, sir? In a respectful way, I'm asking this. Well, that uh, older in baseball, older in dirt, <laughs> seventy six. Seventy six years old and still on TV. How'd you get into fishing? Yeah, we've been we're in our fiftieth year. Fiftieth year. How, how'd you get into doing, fishing? Doing outdoor television. How, how'd you get into that? We, well, we started in the local market here in Memphis. Uh, I went to work for a. Uh, well, it's kind of a long deal, but uh, uh, it all started. Uh, I dreamed of wanting to go to work for a tackle company. That's what I always wanted to do. And as a result of doing well in a, a few tournaments in those early BASS tournaments, uh, I, I think the first one I fished in, I had a second place. The second one, I had a second place. The third one, I had a second place. I went over to Beaver Lake in Arkansas and then Ray Scott's first tournament and uh, I finished second. And then I went down to Smith Lake in Alabama and I had a second place. And then we had went to Texas, I believe it was Rayburn, and I had a second. And then the next year, uh, in 19, uh, I was way back there, the next year, I won the next three I fished. One was at Smith Lake in Alabama, one was at Rayburn, and one was at Ross Barnett in Mississippi. And I came home, and in the next 10 days, I had three calls from three different lure companies. One was Hedden, Hedden Tackle Company, which was the oldest lure company in, in the country. And they offered me a job to go to work for them, doing PR work. Had another company down in Tyler, Texas, Cream Lure Company. They invented the plastic worm, Nick Cream. And then uh, another company, Jim Bagley, who made the balsa baits down in Winter Haven, Florida. Well, I was catching about 50% of my fish back in those days on plastic worms. And Nick and Cosma Cream, who owned Cream Lure Company and Tyler, invited Diane, my wife and I, to come down and spend three days with them and visit the plant and, and Tyler and talk to them about the possibility of going to work for them. Well, anyway, I, along with Diane, we flew to Shreveport. And they picked us up in Shreveport, and we drove down to Tyler. And my wife just absolutely fell in love with Miss Cream, Cosma Cream. And it sounds like a like a makeup, but <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, she was a just a wonderful, wonderful, sweet lady. And they hit it off big time. And I spent my time with Nick, and he told me how he invented the plastic worm when they were first based in Akron, Ohio. And then he moved to Tyler. And he said, to Bill, i tell you what I want you to do. I want to furnish you an automobile uh, of your choice. Uh, and what I want you to do is uh, fish. I want you to fish with buyers and riders. I want you to show them how to fish our products and uh, do PR work and continue to fish the tournaments. And I'll double your salary. And I went, my goodness, this is a dream come true. <laughs> and uh, I said, uh, I talked to Diane about it. And I listened to the two other offers from Hidden and also Jim Bagley, who became a sponsor in later years and became a very, very dear friend. But anyway, uh, I took the job with Nick, and he furnished me a, a station wagon back in those days. 
and uh, real nice station wagon, brand new. And I started uh, doing uh, fishing with uh, riders, and I'd go down to Toledo Bend and down to Rayburn and various places, and I'd show them how to fish the Texas rig. And Nick had we we came with a little lure kit, six worms, a few slip sinkers, and a few worm uh, hooks and a package. And uh, I'd take these riders and show them, and I'd take these buyers and entertain them for two or three days. And, and then I continued to fish the tournaments, and I did that for a couple of years for Cream. And I got to thinking, I said, you know, doggone it, if I can do this for Nick, I can do this for myself. So I went and sat down with Nick, and I told him. And he says, well, I figured this day would come. And he said, you see that door right there? And I said, yes, sir. He said, it swings both ways. You go, and you try it, and if it doesn't work, you come back. And he was a wonderful old man, and he had a son at that time uh, that uh, we didn't kind of he and all too much. And uh, he, I think I was kind of getting in the way of some things that his son wanted to do. And But anyway, I took off, and I tried it. And Charles Spence and I started uh, Strike King Lure Company back at that time. Charles had just purchased Strike King, and we became partners in Strike King Lure Company. And I tried that for a while with Charles, and uh, I was fishing and fishing with riders and fishing tournaments. And Charles was doing all the work, and I was doing having all the fun. <laughs> and it, it really wasn't right what I was doing, leaving Charles back here to do all the work. And Charles loved to fish tournaments, and he loved the publicity, and I was getting it all. And I could see the resentment that Charles was feeling. And finally, I just told Charles, I said, look, we started this thing with basically nothing, and uh, you just take it and run with it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on. And... Uh, he said, no, no, no. You just, I said, no, Charles, you just, you take it and go with it. And so I ended up going to work for Cordell Lure Company, Cotton Cordell. He made the hot spot. I don't know if you remember some of those baits, but, uh, I went to work for Cotton and about a year after working for Cotton, he called me one night and he said, Bill, we, uh, I've got an idea. Uh, we need to do a TV show. And I said, we do? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, I've got the perfect guy for it. And he said, I do too. And I said, you do? And he said, yeah. And I said, he said, who you got? And I said, Jerry McInnes. Mm -hmm. And he said, Jerry. And I said, yeah. And of course, Jerry now is, he bought BASS, the Mac, you know, the, I don't know if you know Jerry or not, but Jerry bought a bass and one of the, one of the guys that bought bass and Jerry was doing a, a national show at that time. And I was traveling and rooming with Jerry at the tournaments and we were good friends. And I wouldn't be doing TV today had it not been for Jerry. But anyway, Jerry was doing a lot of stuff for ESPN. And, but anyway, he said, no, I don't want Jerry doing it. Uh, Jerry does a good show, but, uh, he's got a show. I, I want you to do it. And I said, you want me to do it? He said, yeah. And I said, 
cotton. Me doing TV would be like pouring perfume on a pig. <laughs> I said, I can't even spell television. He said, well, I'll show, I'll show you how to spell It's about all I can do is spell it. But I'll tell you how to spell it, and you get you a camera. And, of course, I was familiar with the camera because I'd been shooting some stuff with Jerry. And so I called Jerry and told Jerry, and Jerry said, well, I'll help you with it a little bit. And although I was going to be a competitor of Jerry's, Jerry was still a big friend and a good friend. And Jerry said, I'll help you with it. Told me what camera to get. It was a Canon Scoopy. And I got a camera. And I went to our CBS affiliate in Memphis. And they said, no, nah, we're not interested in the local show. And I got felt rejected. I just really disappointed because I just knew that this would be a great thing. Then I went to our NBC affiliate. Ed Grading was a program director there, and he said, "No, no, uh-uh. a local fishing show. I don't. There's no, there's no market for that." And I came on home, and I sat down, and Dan said, uh, "Look, isn't ABC sports minded?" And I said, "Yeah." She said, "Well, have you tried Channel 13?" And that's our ABC affiliate here. And I said, no. And she said, well, i tell you what, in the morning, just get up and put your pretty smile, put your pretty smile on and uh, go see them. And I, so I went over about 10 o'clock and I walked in the ABC affiliate and uh, the lady to switchboard, her name was Elizabeth. And I said, uh, I'd like to see the program director. And she said, well, he is out, and he won't be back till noon. And I said, well, can I just wait on him? And she said, well, that's two hours. And I said, I don't care. I'll, I'll sit right here and wait. So I just sat down and picked up a magazine and started reading it. And about 10.30, she said, uh, Mr. Dance, I've got a surprise for you. Uh, Mr. Lance Russell, our program director, he, he's, he's here. He, he, he came in the back way. He came in early. He's upstairs. He'd like to see you. I said, great. She said, just go right up those green, that green carpet right upstairs, and he'll see you. And I walked right down and walked in his office. He jumped up, walked around his desk, and walked over and shook my hand. And uh, he, like he knew me because from the publicity I'd been, I'd gotten in the paper. And uh, he said. Bill, have a seat right here. He said, uh, what can I help you with? And I said, well, Mr. Russell, I'll tell you what I'd like to do. I'd like to talk to you about doing a local fishing show. And he said, well, tell me what you got in mind. And I told him. And he said, well, I like that idea. And I, I like to fell out of the chair when he said that. And he <laughs> said, well, you know, I used to do a local show at WBBJ in Jackson, Tennessee. And his, I was shocked. And he said, tell you what we need to do first thing we need is a pilot and i said well a pilot i don't even have a plane <laughs> and uh he said no not that kind of a plane. he said we need a i said well what's a pilot and he said well we need a a show uh a, a, a show and uh you you go out and shoot a show and bring it back here and then we need a sponsor and actually, we really need a sponsor to sponsor your show. And I said, uh, 
well, how do, how do you do that? And he explained it to me. He said, when would you like to run that? And I said, I'd like to run it probably on Friday night and uh, just show everybody and tell everybody where to fish for the weekend. And uh, he said, that'd be a good time right after the news. Mm-hmm. And I said, like at 1030 on Friday night. And he said, that'd be a good time to run it. And I said, great. He said, but we've got to get a sponsor. I said, okay. So I said, let me work on that. And this is like 11 o'clock in the morning. So I left, and we had a big, big warehouse here called Fabulous Surplus City. And I went down there, and they sold everything under the sun, but they had a great big sporting goods department. And I walked back, and the buyer, or the buyer there, a guy named Billy Woods, and I walked up and told Billy what I had in mind. He said, I like that idea. And I thought, boy, this is my lucky day. <laughs> and I said, what are you doing in the next hour? He said, I'm not doing anything. And I said, would you get in your my truck with me and drive out to Channel 13? He said, yeah, I sure will. Well, I called Elizabeth, the switchboard operator. I got to know her. And she said, uh, I said, is Mr. Russell still in? She said, yes. I said, I'm on my way. And... Billy Woods and I drove out there. I walked right in his office, and I said, I got you a sponsor. And he said, gosh, you work quick. (laughs) And he said, now we need a pilot. And I left that next week, and I went and shot a pilot and got a guy to show me how to edit it with 16 millimeter. And we started a local show in the Memphis market. And shortly after that, their sister station in Jackson, Mississippi, saw it and said, well, would you do one for us? And I said, sure. And then their sister station, WBRZ in Baton Rouge, said, whoa, would you do one for us? And I said, yeah. And then J.C. Penny in Paducah, Kentucky, was in the sporting good business, if you can believe that, it, back in those days. Wow. And the manager of the J.C. Penny store said, would you do one for us? And I said, well, Yeah. So I was doing four markets 52 weeks a year. That's a lot of fishing. So mm. that 208 shows a year. Wow. So that's four times 52, 208 shows a year. Whew. I was doing 52 Paducah, 52 Memphis, 52 Jackson, and 52 uh, Baton Rouge. But I would shoot shows in Baton Rouge. I'd tape four. And then they come back up to Jackson. But I was blessed because Jackson was the capital of Mississippi. The governor was a big fisherman. Uh, Game and Fish was there. Their director is a big fisherman. And the personnel and the Department of Boating Safety was there. And I had this, I was gifted from the standpoint I was blessed there because Baton Rouge was state capital. And I could draw guests from there. And I could get local fishermen. So... Anyway, that kick-started Bill Dance Outdoors with Bill Dance is the way it started. And I rocked along with that till I just, in fishing tournaments, shooting my shows, editing my shows, fishing tournaments. And after about two and a half, three years of that, uh, I met a fellow in Little Rock. And he said, have you ever thought about syndicating your show? And I said, not really. And he said, 
why don't we syndicate it? So we'd got an advancers out of a syndicator out of St. Louis, and we syndicated outdoors with Bill Dance in 90 network markets across the country. And I let our local markets go. I gave two of the shows to two good friends of mine, and uh, they started doing Jackson and Baton Rouge, and I let Memphis go, and uh, Paducah, another good friend of mine, I let him take take that market. But anyway, we started doing the network markets of 90 networks, and the cost of syndication, Andy and uh, Jeff, skyrocketed, and we, cable was coming on about that time, and ESPN, we looked at ESPN, and we signed on with ESPN. Now, this is way back yonder. Right. And we blanketed the country, Canada, from Spokane to San Diego to uh, Phoenix to Dallas to New Orleans to Miami to Raleigh to New York to to Minneapolis to Denver to all we we blanketed all across the the country, and we hit. I mean, we hit the country. I mean, we were running everywhere. But we the demographics just weren't there. And we ran on ESPN for about two years. And like I say, the demographics just weren't there. It was a great network and still is a great network. But we just we just weren't hitting that loyal brand buying market that, that we really that niche that we really needed. And all of a sudden a little network over in Nashville, Tennessee popped up called T N N, the yep. Nashville Network. Right. And we looked at it and they had NASCAR racing, they had bull riding. And we looked at that and we liked it. And we moved to it. We picked up Chevrolet. We picked up Walmart, and we picked up Perina. We picked up some major, major sponsors. Mm -hmm. And the niche was perfect for Bill Dance, uh, for Outdoors for Bill Dance. And they started advertising in the newspapers and TV Guide. It'd say, if we'd air at 9 o'clock Saturday morning, it would say Outdoors. And I said, "What? what is outdoors? <laughs> and uh, so I said, they said, that's your show. And I said, the show isn't outdoors. Outdoors could be anything. It could be uh, uh, horseshoe pitching or it could be uh, picking mulberries. Uh, uh, right. Narrow outdoors down, yeah, doesn't, exactly. say, doesn't say anything. And so... I said, we're going to change it. So we changed Outdoors with Bill Dance to Bill Dance Outdoors. Then they started putting Bill Dance <laughs> and, uh, and TV Guide and, and newspapers and stuff. And so we went from Outdoors with Bill Dance to Bill Dance Outdoors. And then our numbers started picking up. And we stayed with TNN, uh, the best move we ever made for about 15 years, and then the Gaylord Enterprises, TNN, Opryland, that, that network uh, changed, 
and Viacom bought them out, and they moved to New York. The network moved them, and our numbers just went crazy, and everybody's numbers. And we left there and went with a network called the Outdoor Life Network, OLN. And then they kind of dwindled a little bit. And then several years ago, we went with NBC Sports, yep. Discovery Channel, the Outdoor Channel, and the Sportsman Channel. And we found out after about two years of running NBC Sports, which is a great network, and Discovery, our greatest viewing and biggest viewing and best numbers seem to be on the Sportsman Channel and the Outdoor Channel. And that's where we're running today. So <laughs> that's that's the life. That's the TV life of Bill Dance <laughs> Outdoors since uh, over the last fifty years. That's that's where we've that's where we started, and that's where we are today. So we're on the Outdoor Channel with uh, our twenty six weeks that we air fifty two weeks with our reruns. So we air year round on the Outdoor Channel with Freshwater. And our saltwater series airs on the Sportsman Channel, uh, fifty-two weeks a year. So, what's your favorite hello, type? What's here your, we are. What's your fa- What's your favorite type of fish to catch? What's your favorite type? Well, in freshwater, I loved oh, smallmouth, and uh, I'd say, yeah, fresh, uh, it'd be smallmouth. In saltwater, I love to catch big snook and baby tarpon on light tackle yeah that's a hell of a fight right there for sure you, oh I, I really enjoy catching them and i've we've been doing salt water now for about eight years nine years and still got a lot to learn about it but i go with very knowledgeable people and uh i've learned a lot about it in the past eight or nine years but uh we kind of tailor it have tailored those shows those saltwater shows a lot like we tailored our outdoor series and it's tailored. This is something you can do. It's a type of format, and it's mostly inshore. We target, you know, red redfish, trout, snook, shark, permit, uh, tarpon, uh, flounder, stripers, grouper. Mostly stuff that we can get to inshore and, and most stuff that most people can relate to and afford to do now we do some blue water stuff but uh, most of it's inshore I, I enjoy fishing close to shore a lot more i don't i do not want to get in a boat and ride for eight hours and then fight a fish for four hours that just is not <laughs> much fun i'd rather and then get in a storm and ride oh yeah ride four foot swells back no i don't like that either uh, uh, so this is what people want to know because you're a you've Good story. You're funny. Very humorous guy. Who are the some of the more funny people you fished with? And I know you fished with lots of celebrities and famous people in your life. And who's your favorites? Well, <clears throat> doing the type of work that I've done has afforded me an opportunity to meet and fish with some great people. But uh, I look back over the years of uh, uh, some of them are not with us anymore, but uh, uh one in particular was just a, a witty, funny guy like Jerry Reed. No, I bet he was. Jerry was a Jerry was a great guy and a great friend, and uh, we did a lot of stuff together. 
a lot of shows together over the years. Uh, I just saw this past week where Burton Reynolds died, and I know Jerry uh, had, had done quite a few uh, uh, shows with Burt Reynolds, and I was watching cl- some clips that they had done with Burt Reynolds, and Jerry was in some of those clips, like Smokey and the Bandit. And, uh, but Jerry was a, a, a comical guy. I mean, really a comical guy. Um, another guy that uh, uh, that I'd, I've done over the years and done quite a few shows with was Terry Bradshaw. Terry's uh, a comical individual. Yeah, in fact, I he was seems Terry's like a lot best of fun. man in his wedding. Pardon? He seems like a lot of fun. Yeah, he is. We uh, uh, look back at uh, the guy, Mel Tillis was another one. Uh, I look at uh, the uh, just funny people. Uh, Mel, Mel Tillis was a funny, funny, funny guy. Smart, smart guy, but funny guy. He's uh and then I look at uh, look at sport figures uh, that I had the opportunity that I would never have met had it not been for the work that I do. Uh, I fished with Mickey Mantle, and you remember smoking Joe Frazier? Yes. <clears throat> um, took Joe first time he ever got on a boat, uh, and then of course Hank Williams Jr. and uh, Porter Wagner and Luke Bryan, Roy Clark, uh, just all, just a lot of different people that you meet that have the same kind of interests you do, uh, that are just in the public eye, but they're just they're the same kind of people you are and same kind of people I am. They put their pants on just like we do, but they happen to be entertainers and they make their living at, uh, uh, as entertainers. But, and then having the opportunity to fish with many of the guys that I grew up with, like Roland and Kevin and Hank and Jimmy Houston and Al Linder and just a lot of the guys that you see every week who do outdoor shows, I've, of course, know most of them and grew up with them. And we get together and uh, do commercials together and we fish together. Uh, I've had the opportunity to do that, but... Some of the real funny guys have been like Bradshaw and Reed, and uh, everybody's got their funny ways. But just to pick one guy, uh, it just cuts up all the time. Of course, Reed was one that was always—he never quit. He just was always a, <clears throat> a comical individual, and of course, Bradshaw too. Now, have you ever been on a – you shoot a show, I guess. You, on a typical fishing show, do you does it, do you do a show in a day? Is that usually how you try to do it, one day get a whole show in? I'd love to because it sure cuts expenses. How many times have you uh, ever had a day that you didn't catch a fish? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's fishing, so we yeah. know – I mean, the, the, so there's days – And if I keep fishing – if I yeah, and if I keep fishing, I'm going to have some more. I, yeah, we, yeah that, that's just part of fishing. If anybody says they've gone fishing – and they catch them every time they go. I I, I want to get in the boat with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got guys that shoot a limit of birds every time they go out. They're lying or they don't hunt yeah. much. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. I've bombed out. I sure have. And, and and of course, we always want to blame it on something. You know, we 
<clears throat> the water's falling, the water's rising, it's low pressure, high pressure, uh, discoloration, and, you know, the water clarity, it's, uh, we've always got excuses. You know, we should have been here yesterday or we're a day early. The, <clears throat> you know, the front came through. We can come up with a million excuses, but it's never us. Yeah. It's always the elements or it's always something else. <clears throat> well, I know you... I'm doing everything right. I'm fishing the right bait. I, I know I'm doing everything right. I'm a whole lot smarter than these stupid fish. <laughs> I, it's, it's not me. Yeah. Well, when you've done it as long as you have, I mean, when you've done it as long Pardon? as you have, when you've done it as long as you have, most of the time, I mean, it, it probably is something that that you know is something that you can't control, weather or or whatever. I would say, <clears throat> you know, you know, the I don't care how much you know. I've been doing this a long time. I've been doing this since I was wading in creeks when I was six years old in Lynchburg, Tennessee, Mulberry Creek. And I don't care how much you know and how much experience you have. Uh, you're just not going to, you're not going to, you know, Vince Lombardi, I watched the Green Bay Packers. I watched the Green Bay Packers. Uh, come back and won a great ball game yes sir well uh score four touchdowns last night mm-hmm. uh, but there was a great coach that coached him one time named vince lombardi and he had one saying <clears throat> winning is achieved through determination and he used to pound that into his players and i met several of the players that used to play for him and uh they, in every book, I think that uh, talking about great coaches, NFL coaches, and I've met several of them, and I've fished with several of them, that always talked about Lombardi and what a motivator he was, such a motivator. And he always believed in, uh, that if you believe in something, your mind is, your mind is so powerful. You believe anything, but strong enough, you can do anything you believe you can do. But he always said winning is achieved through determination, and he used to pound that in his in his players. But you know, if you relay uh, parlay that into fishing, if you think of for a minute, I don't care how determined you are mm-hmm. when it comes to fishing, whether you're competing uh, in a tournament or whether you're just competing one on one, you against a fish. I don't care how determined you are. You're not going to win every time. You're just not. I don't care how determined you are. There's days you're going to win, and most days they're going to win, and that's the way the good Lord intended it to be. Uh, when you compete against Mother Nature and her creatures, uh, I don't care how experienced you are at reading a graph. I don't care how experienced you are at reading water, at using a particular lure, fishing a certain depth, at your presentation with a particular bait. You're not going to win every time. I don't care how determined you are. And that's where the word challenge comes in. And that's what makes this sport so fun and so enjoyable. It's just a challenge to go out there and try to match wits with something you can't see. And even sometimes when you can see them, you still can't catch them. Uh, so the, the challenge, uh, that 
the challenge uh, is what makes makes this sport so so special. We as human beings are competitive. We're a competitive breed. Yes. Whether we watched that game last night, and you know somebody said, "Well, I'll bet you, I'll bet you Pepsi Cola." There's no way that Green Bay can win that ball game. Uh, well, I'll bet you Pepsi they can, or I'll bet you uh, he doesn't score. Uh, I'll bet you, uh, I'll bet you whatever, whatever you're doing, you, you're constantly betting each other. You play mental games with yourself. Like, if you sell insurance, you want to make the million-dollar club. If you sell automobiles, you want to be the top salesman of the month. If you, you even play little mental games going to work. Mm-hmm. You're driving your truck. You say, you know, I made 10 traffic lights. I made 10 green lights yesterday. I'm going to see if I can make 12 today. You, have, you play these little mental games, and you and you play them against, and you do that in fishing. You know, you you try to match wits with 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 fish. We're just we're just competitive, and and it's a challenge. And that's just what makes this game such such a fun game to play. What? And but we go back to what Ben Lombardi says. Winning is achieved through determination. Well, we don't win when we compete every time when we compete against Mother Nature. We just don't. Nope, it's going to. We gonna sure take get out you. there and try. That's right. Huh? You've got to. You cannot bring up Green Bay, <clears throat> the Green Bay Packers anymore, please. Andy is a Green Bay homer, <laughs> and we have. Been, we're going to hear about this all freaking week long. <clears throat> <laughs> <clears throat> well, I like Green Bay too. He, I really do. I think Aaron Rodgers is a great. Oh teacher. gosh, Bill! Please, you cannot talk about Aaron Rodgers. You're <laughs> killing us here. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is on my fantasy football hey, team. I, hey, but look. Hey, I tell you what. I hated Moon when he was at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate Kentucky. Uh, maybe I hate Kentucky is because of Kentucky basketball. They beat up everybody. And it's not their football, but I remember when he was quarterback and uh, football up there at Kentucky. But boy, I tell you what, as a receiver. He went from quarterback to receiver. He's a crackerjack now. Well, I tell you what, Andy it just is a Green Bay person, and that's all I've heard. About. And last night I felt so bad for him. I told my wife we was watching the game, and Aaron Rodgers got hurt, and that's Andy's hero and his fa- fantasy guy. And I told her, I said, I feel so I bad. I said Moon. I meant Cobb. What did I say, yeah, Moon? Yeah, but I knew Cobb. you meant – I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Andy Cobb. Yeah, Cobb, Rand, yeah. I said Moon. I meant Cobb. Randall Cobb. But when Andy when, – Yeah, Randall Cobb. When he I, got, meant, I said Moon. I don't know where I'm thinking – when, when, he, Cobb. when he got hurt, I was like, oh, God, I feel so bad. Then he come back and won the game. I told her, I said, we'll never hear the end of this crap forever now. And, and I hadn't said a word about it this morning. <laughs> and I knew it was coming. And when you referenced Green Bay, I thought, oh, here we go. I haven't said a word about it this morning. <laughs> so, so, Bill? Well, you, I, I tell you what, I, I, you, you, you got to take your head off for that one because he, he was out there limping. And, yeah. uh, He's a gamer. There's no doubt now, about it. Is he ever? Yeah, he is, is he ever? He is a gamer. So, <clears throat> yes. When I watch stuff on video, I saw one just the other day. They had your blooper stuff on Facebook. Now your blooper, yeah. your blooper stuff is really funny. And I notice you don't ever seem to really lose your temper during any of that. Do you ever get? Is I mean, I've seen you fall out of boats, break rods, <laughs> get stuff snagged, saw snake fall in your boat. Do you ever lose your temper in any of this? I'm trying to think if I. I got one cameraman. If I did, he'd beat me up. Uh, <laughs> the uh, no, I, it's just part of it. Uh, I, 
I've gotten irritated a little bit about those cameras because insurance is, is pretty. I felt like we were going to lose our insurance on some of them. They're, those cameras are pretty expensive. But uh, we've got good coverage. But <laughs> I, I never. I've gotten a little upset a couple of times. I don't think I ever lost my temper. But uh, uh, I mean, really bad. I, I've got a temper, but it's not a real bad one. Uh, I've never. I, I don't tell. Don't tell my wife that. No, <laughs> I've never. I don't. I don't think I've got a real bad temper. I didn't. I've never seen you get upset. I mean, I'm sure they cut off if you did, but you never did. Now you you you've got had a lot of snakes fall in the boat. Do you? You you're not scared of snakes? I'm not scared of snakes. But but if I know what what they are, but when I don't know what kind they are, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I I'm not scared of them. No, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm not scared of snakes. But that one, the one that the the one that fell, I couldn't get I couldn't get loose of him. I mean, I, I'd flip him this way and he'd flip back that way, and I'd flip him that way and he'd flip back the other way, and I. Mm-hmm. I'd try to sling him out yonder, and then he'd sling. He'd come slinging back this way. Every, every time I'd try to sling him one way, he'd sling back this way. But and then I'd sling him that way, and he'd sling back this way. But the thing I was trying to do, and I didn't know what kind he was at first, but then I I realized that it was a chicken snake, is what it was. And at that time of year, they get up in those trees around. I live out in the country, and they, what they do, they get up in those trees and they get at bird eggs and stuff. But I was trying to get him out of the boat because I didn't want him to get up under the console and get up in the, the and up on the, in the boat and get up in the wiring. And so I was trying to snatch him and sling him out of the boat. But when I when he first fell out of the, I looked, I heard something, and what he did, he fell from one limb down. And then when I looked up, here he comes. Mm. But uh, not knowing what he was, uh, I just don't see cotton mouths up in trees and that's why it didn't really concern me that it was a cotton mouth way up in a tree i see i'm scared to that death time of, snakes. of year it's usually chicken snakes or <clears throat> corn snakes or something do what i'm scared of snakes i'd be walking on water if that thing was in my boat <laughs> <clears throat> well i i just i didn't know what it was when it first fell out but i didn't much think it was a cotton mouth uh or the water snake it could have been that but i just I just couldn't get rid of him because I'd try to whick him that way, and he'd whick back here, and I'd whip <laughs> him that way or whick him right. He just kept whicking around me, and I couldn't I couldn't unwick him. You ever fall in the water where there was gators at? Uh, we've, we've been in the water with them shooting, uh, shooting water shots. Yeah, yeah, I was one time with a buzz bait. I was, th- I was doing a tube show. That, that, that's well, well, in you, the blooper tape. Hold on, you that's were... in the blooper tape. I I was throwing a buzz bait one, and I I had a gator take off at the buzz bait, and then I reel the buzz bait up, and here he comes straight across the water toward the sound of the buzz bait. Hmm. So you were and in a my, tube in alligator infested water. Yeah, on purpose. But they, <laughs> but he he saw the he saw the wake of that tube and he took off after the the wake of the he he saw the wake of the buzz bait and he t- chased it he was coming after it and i didn't see him it's in it's in the blooper show i had to watch it i was running the, running the buzz bait and then when i realized 
when I saw him, the buzz bait was almost back to the tube, and here he comes right at it. <laughs> so then I, I, I cut a shine to the, I pushed the throttle all the way down on my flippers. <laughs> and I, this fat boy was moving across the water in that tube to get get to the camera boat. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you'd get in a tube in the water with gators. Well, there wasn't that many in that that in that swamp. <laughs> We're from West Texas. We don't deal with water moccasins. We got rattlesnakes. They're not so bad, but water moccasins and alligators. Hell no. <clears throat> There's no way. <laughs> so how y'all are based? Where, where is where are you actually based? Uh, uh, yeah. Knox City, Texas. We're one hour north of Abilene and an hour and, and basically an hour from Wichita Falls and an hour from Abilene, almost halfway in between. Okay. And two hours from Lubbock. Yeah, two so, hours east of west of or east of Lubbock. Right in the middle of nowhere. I got you. Um, how have you seen you've been doing this uh, you know, fifty plus years. How have you seen the, the television industry industry change? in those years are you moving more towards digital or what what are we doing here well i've seen that i've seen tv industry change uh it's kind of like the radio industry you know that you've gone from radio has gone a lot of it's gone to satellite but i i've seen uh tv uh a lot of tv's going to uh Oh, social, the social media, right? Uh, with Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. and uh, with uh, YouTube. Well, well, yeah, YouTube. We're, we're, of course, we're, we're with our YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, I mean that has really come on strong. But of course, TV. I mean. I think there'll always be TV, right? But uh, with uh, the social media has really, uh, really, really grown in the last two or three years. So are y'all trying? Are y'all trying uh, to do with more things iPad, with iPads and and telephones? Uh, you can get almost anything you want to get. You know. Are you trying to do more things uh, for iPads and for phones rather than uh, strictly just television? Yeah, we're doing a lot of that. Yes, we definitely are. In fact, uh, we just, we're, in fact, right before you called, we were uh, blinking our Mercury, uh, doing some stuff for Mercury on our, our we've got a new uh, website on Mercury, a Bill Dance Mercury's website. You can look at it. Uh, we were, in fact, we were posting something in the process of posting something on that, on our Mercury website. Uh, Mercury's got a Bill Dance website. And we were working on it just just five minutes before I talked to you, before we went on the air. So, um, do, so does a man that never works, are you ever going to retire? Are you enjoying what you're doing too much? Somebody asked me the other day, said, how long are you going to do this? And I said, I, I hope to do it forever and then a little bit more. <laughs> it's all I ever, it's, it's, it, it, I don't know what else to do. It's, it's what I've always done and, and what I enjoy doing and. Uh, we've got 10 people that work real hard to keep me looking good. And that's hard to do. That's <laughs> real hard to do. I promise you. But, uh, you know, I've, I've just, uh, it, you know, my job just affords me an opportunity to get out and, uh, 
the, the middle of all this and the great outdoors, and it kind of lets me unwind from other pressures in life and, uh, I guess, relax, be myself, have fun, be competitive. But it lets me be competitive in an exciting way, and it provides a perfect setting for uh, peace of mind. And it maybe some of my reasons are... Uh, Maybe some of the reasons uh, that uh, uh, that would apply to to other fishermen too. You know, I uh, fishing just uh, it just gives me a feeling of accomplishment. It uh, I, I just sometimes go home and I'll just pull in the driveway and I just walk in the garage and grab a rod and walk down to the lake and just stand there and make 15, 20 casts, whether they get a bite or not, and then just go back and put the rod down and go on in the house. But it, it teaches me, uh, patience, um, how to work toward goals. And like I said, it's really the only life I know. And what it really does, it gives me a great deal of pleasure to share it with my viewers each week on TV and on social media. Uh, was was there ever a time I, that you thought you might do something else where, where you got into, uh, I, don't, I don't know, things got hard and you ever thought, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to do something else? No, because this is something I always, always, this is something I always wanted to do. And I, I wanted to, I didn't, TV, I didn't think, I, I always wanted to get in the fishing industry. I, I wanted somehow to get into this industry. And uh, I told Diane when we first got, I said, I, I don't know how I'm going to I just want to get in this business. And some, believe it or not, I said, somehow I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I want to do it. She said, if you set your mind to it and work hard to it, the mind is a powerful thing. And you just set your mind to it, you'll get there. And fortunately, I have been able I believe I've been on all four corners of it. I've I started out, I've been in the jobber end of it, selling it from a jobber stand, is calling on the retail, selling it. I've been in the uh, manufacturing end of it. Uh, I've been in the design of it, designing baits and, and marketing the baits and the marketing end of it been in the promotional end of it, uh, working with uh, the industry, working in the industry. Uh, then working and writing it and being able to write about it for newspapers, working with uh, weekly columns and uh, newspapers. Uh, monthly columns and magazines, doing radio, uh, weekly, national weekly radio shows, uh, and then TV shows, local, regional, national. And it's just, uh, I've, it has afforded me an opportunity to travel all around the country and meet some of the greatest people on earth, and that's fishermen just like y'all. And it's, uh, I've, I've had a great life. I've, Diane and I have raised four children. 
that uh, they've all been educated, and they too now have children. And we have seven grandchildren. Uh, I still get to go fishing basically when when I want to. I've got uh, a great company with great employees that uh, work real hard that uh, uh, try to make the product that they work on the shows look as good as they possibly can. And if it takes longer than the eight hours that they work for, work a day, if it takes ten, they stay here and work to make it mm-hmm. to make it look as good as they can. And if it requires a day Saturday to work, uh, that's what it is, and that's what they do, and they don't say anything about it. And I've got camera two camera guys that all I have to say is we need to be in uh, uh, Palm Bay, Florida, Monday. Mm. Let's go. They don't question anything. They just and they don't complain. They just say let's go. Which boat we taking? Now, uh, now, do you do any hunting at all? Because you're in one of the best waterfowl areas in the world. I do. I hunt. Every, I hunt every time I go fishing. <laughs> I hunt fish. <laughs> I used to hunt. I used to hunt a lot. Uh, living here on the Mississippi Flyway, I used to duck hunt a lot. And growing up uh, in Tennessee, you know, we've got a lot of hill country in middle Tennessee and he used to love squirrel hunt just with a rifle and uh he used to love to do that I promised Diane when we got married I'd quit chewing tobacco if she'd let me buy uh, a little automatic rifle with a scope on it <laughs> and uh only reason I chewed I didn't have to chew tobacco I didn't have to kiss her goodbye but uh <laughs> Now she's heard me say that so many times. She said, <laughs> "You need to come up with something new." Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, I used to. Uh, that was, and then besides the small stuff, you know. How how much do you fish without the cameras and all that kind of stuff? Dude, what, Andy? I'm how, sorry. How much do you fish without the cameras rolling? I'll probably fish. It just depends on on uh, not as much. I, I was probably averaging one hundred and seventy five to two. There were some years I'd go two hundred twenty five days a year, one hundred seventy five to two hundred days a year. Mm-hmm. Now that consisted of shooting shows, fishing with. Uh, we do a lot of uh, fishing trips with uh, sponsor-related stuff, yeah. uh, with riders, with uh, a lot of stuff with Make-A-Wish, we do stuff with uh, charitable stuff with St. Jude, uh, just charitable stuff, and Bass Pro. Uh, I'm going to say today... I'm less than 200 days. I'm probably around, I, I'm probably, I'm on the water, probably 175. Now, how how much, of, how much? Two years back, I was up about 225. Do what, Andy? How, how much of that, uh, how much of that are you doing without a camera? Do you ever fish with no cameras rolling? Oh, yeah. Uh, when I, we do just fun fishing. Yeah. Oh, I go. We probably spend about 
we do 36 original shows a year. And so I love to spend as much as I, time as I can on a first show because I think the, you only see a small percentage of the fish caught. We're not to, trying to impress anybody with how many fish we can catch in 30 minutes of TV because you really only see a small percentage of the fish actually caught. Right. But it's like you painting your house. You could you could probably paint your house in uh, two days, three days. But if you spend a week on it, it's going to look a whole lot better, isn't it? Yes, sir. Hey, Bill. So, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead and finish what you're saying. I'm just saying, the more time you put in uh, into a project, uh, if you love doing that project, uh, the better the project, the, the better the end result's going to be. So, I like to spend more time uh, on a project, but you've got the elements to consider, the weather, the wind, the clouds, and you're trying to shoot. You get sunshine, you get a much finer, finer product. You get a better looking product when you have sunshine. So, light light really makes the product shine so i'm gonna say if you'd add two days to so that's 36 that's 75 days just rounded off 75 days just for for filming let me okay let me ask you this you're you've got some stories tell us some of the funniest fishing stories you got oh good night Mm. I, i could probably uh, of course, a lot of funny stories you've seen on bloopers. Uh, yeah, that's that's a hard thing to come up with just <laughs> right off the bat. Uh, somebody just says, "Hey, tell me the funniest thing that ever happened to you." Uh, oh my goodness gracious! Now, now, are you from? Did how long have you been in Memphis? I I was I was born in Memphis, but I grew up over in Middle Tennessee, over around Jack uh, uh, in Moore County, Lynchburg, Jack Daniels country. Yes, sir. It's a uh, of course Lynchburg's population is like four hundred, but it's it's a home of <coughs> Jack Daniels, but. uh that's where I really grew up. Did you ever meet Elvis Presley? Yeah, several times. Used to sit on a. I had a buddy, a, a real close friend of mine, Bobby Yost. He lived right next door to him. Bobby and I used to run around together, and we'd sit on Bobby. There's a big, big old, uh, gray top fence, and we'd sit there. And back then, of course, Elvis wasn't as famous in those days as he became. You know, he became a lot much better known but he'd be on a tractor or on a horse and he'd ride up and sit there and talk and he was a singer mm-hmm. but uh he was elvis but he wasn't he wasn't elvis elvis he, he had songs out like heartbreak hotel and don't be cruel and but he became really really big uh after those days uh started doing movies and this was before, uh, this was back, oh my goodness, this was back in the 50s, right after he bought, El- bought Graceland. 
He was just a regular but, guy, in, uh, just a regular guy in Memphis, though. Yeah, yeah. He used to play. He used to go over to Whitehaven Presbyterian Church. He used to play a uh, uh, touch football. You know, mm-hmm. just one With, of the guys. Oh, Gary Womack and all of them just go over there and play uh, on Sunday afternoon. But he was uh, just a regular guy. So, Bill, we're going to let you go here pretty quick, but I need to know, what is going on with the Vols this year? Well, we got spanked pretty good our opening game, and uh, we did pretty good last week against Miss Lee School for Wayward Girls. <laughs> uh, I don't know who we played. We did. We we played. I think we – I don't know who we played. We uh, – we won big. Yeah. I think we won forty nine to. I don't remember. We won real big, but it wasn't a uh, a powerhouse team. Uh, we've got a new coach. This is our sixth coach, I think, in six years. Uh, I'm exaggerating that a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> I just, uh, I think the biggest mistake. We've got a a mean alumni. Yes. And when we got rid of Fulmer, uh, although he's back now, Phil Fulmer, he's back now as our AD. But uh, we got back, we got rid of him years and years ago. Uh, we were having a little trouble recruiting, and uh, but he was still one of the best coaches after Johnny Majors left. That, uh, and we got rid of him. But uh, and then I think that that's when we hit a spiral, a downward spiral. We just went straight down, and we went through quite a few coaches. Now, we've got one of Alabama's defensive coaches in there now, and I don't know know him, but everybody seems to think he's going to be okay. How about Texas? Well, We're struggling and very embarrassed. Gosh, a mighty. Tom Herman has not done what he was supposed to do, I don't think. Mm. Really? We've, okay. We've recruited I, well, I, and – we just I don't I don't know. We just we don't look like a very good product. Our quarterback has struggled big time and we've got way too much talent to be getting beat by Maryland. Boy, and M played a good game the other night. Yes, they, they did. They did. I'll tell you who I think is gonna win the SEC this year is gonna be L S U. Boy, didn't they look good. Mm-hmm. If they, they score really some, look good. If they can score twenty five points a game, they're gonna be hard to beat. Yeah. Um they really look good. You know, um, and I feel a little bit of your pain. I'm a I'm a Texas Tech graduate, so uh, we played Lamar, hung 45 on them. That's nothing, kind of like Tennessee. That's nothing to brag about. But you know, at least you've reached the top. Uh, being a Vols fan, I've always, uh, you know, kind of had to suck hind tit being a Texas Tech fan. <laughs> Texas Tech, they're okay. Yeah, they're a good little team. Uh, you know. Good little team. You but, said it right yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did say something good about the Packers, though. Yeah, hey, uh, can't win them all. The, the, the um, uh, A&M, Jimbo, Jimbo, bring that team around. I really believe it. I really believe he will. They got a lot, they got a lot of talent down there. I hate A&M. I mean, you can't be a Texas guy and be an A&M fan. But... <laughs> I didn't think you cared much for him when I first said something about it. No, but you didn't comment. You didn't comment very much on it. I, they they did Texas. They made Texas look good. I've already said the all of Texas. We're we're screwed. The Cowboys. I'm not a Cowboy fan, so Cowboys have lost. The Texans have lost. Tech, Texas, and now TCU is probably going to get hammered by Ohio State this week. So 
I'm thinking it's all uh, Texas. Oh, y'all play Ohio, does Texas play Ohio State this week? No, TCU does. Oh, yeah. And Gary Patterson's a damn good coach. TCU's got a good program, but I don't think they can play with Ohio State. I hope they do. we got a local kid that plays for them, so I hope they do good. But I tell you what, I hate Ohio State, and I, and I, and I don't like any of the Florida schools. And I'm not a big Bama fan no more because they beat everybody all the time. So, it's other than that, it's tough. There ain't nobody else to root for right now. So, I, I think LSU is going to be the team this year. Well, uh, how do you think our boy will be, how his leg will be for the Vikings next weekend, Andy? I believe, I think I think it's just a, uh, I think it's a sprain. I believe. It's, it's a sprain. He's going to be, it's just a sprain. He's going to be good. He'll be, uh, he'll be on the field. Uh Taking souls. I call him the soul snatcher because it doesn't matter how big of a lead that you've got. You give Rodgers the ball and a chance to win the game with with three minutes left, he's going to snatch your soul. So, I believe it. He's going to do good. Get ready, Jeff. He's wound up. Oh, he'll be, he will until Minnesota gets a hold of him next week. That's it. That, I'm not That's hearing so that. funny. I'm not hearing that negativity <laughs> from you, Jeff. <laughs> well, Bill, we appreciate you. so funny. We appreciate you being on here. I know you're a busy, busy, busy man, and we sure appreciate it, sir. Listen, guys, I really enjoyed talking to you. I don't know what we, it's gone by so fast. <laughs> I know we talked about fishing a little bit, a little bit, but uh, but I've enjoyed visiting with you. And uh, uh, holler at me anytime. Anytime you're close by, come by and. Maybe we can go wet a line or something. That sounds Perfect. really good, Bill. We sure appreciate it, sir. You have a wonderful day. Okay, buddy. Great talking to you, uh-huh. and have a great week, and uh, look forward to hearing from you sometime soon. Yes, go, sir. Go Packers. Yeah, go Packers. <laughs> okay, Andy, I'll be thinking about you, buddy. See ya. Uh, thank thanks. you. Okay, folks, that was Bill Dance. He is the he basically is the face behind bass fishing. I mean, anytime you go to any of their big waterfowl shows or anything, he's the main man. Waterfowl shows. Yeah, he's the – I mean, Waterfowl Show, fishing, fishing shows, shows, I'm sorry. He's the man in yep, fishing. he's the man. Tackles, um, all this stuff. You know, he's probably kind of one of the the forefathers of uh, outdoor television in general. Oh, I would say probably right I mean, up you got there. him and, and Phil. Phil. Robertson. No, shoot, he's way ahead of Phil. Phil's no, I just mean at bringing the outdoors to television. He's much bigger than, than Phil Robertson, but uh, – yeah, Phil just got big seven, eight years ago. Before I, that, Phil I just had a couple of videos. I understand. No, Bill Dance. The fishing guys dominated. There wasn't any, hardly any hunting shows back in the day. It was mostly all fishing. And he was the biggest of the biggest and still is. Yeah. Big, you, big, big name. You don't go on 55 years without uh, having a loyal and large fan base. Man's never went to work a day in his life a bit. That's crazy. You know, as much as I love goose hunting... There have been times where I've thought, i got to do something else. It's usually on a bad hunt, though. Yeah. Uh, you've never had that thought during a good hunt. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, like, he's, he's, ro- he's ridden the highs and lows out. I'll tell you, one of the lowest points I ever got, it was a snowstorm. It was a rainstorm followed by an ice storm followed by a snowstorm. We drove to the field for an afternoon hunt, and we got into the field. We unloaded the entire trailer. And in the process of leaving to go park, we stick two F-250s. That's not a good situation. So now it's a white field, and we got brown ruts all over. And uh, we shoot seven or eight birds. It is terrible. 
misting and icy the whole time. And then now it comes time to pick up. Well, we've got a whole trailer out and we cannot drive to it. And we've got to walk all of our stuff back out. I'm soaked to the bone. I'm going uphill to the trailer. And in that moment, I was like, oh, maybe I do need to use that teaching degree. <laughs> I don't think you could handle kids today. No. You'd get in trouble. But, uh, you know, for him to for him to answer the question, have you ever thought about, you know, doing something else? And he definitively said, no, that, that speaks to how dedicated he really is. I wish I could say that I never thought about doing something else. It just happens. I mean, yep. you get you get to a low point and it happens. Well, when I quit Chippendale's dancing and got yeah. into the hunting business, you know, I said, you know, this might give this a go for a while. So, uh. Go to iTunes, folks. The dive bomb hunt is not very far away, folks. We're talking two months, and we will be shooting geese. We have got tons of water here. Well, peanuts are looking good. Everything's rounding up to be a good season. Everything is – the stars are aligning for a very, very special season in uh, at the end of the flyway, Texas and Oklahoma, for sure. If we can get even just a smidgen of the weather that they're calling for this winter, could be an interesting and special year like we hadn't seen in a while. We had a, we had a tough we had a tough dove weekend this weekend we had yeah, big groups here it rained and rained and a lot of our dove fields are now teal fields because they're two foot underwater a lot of our milo that's been cut now we we shot a lot of dove this weekend but we had a slow we had a couple groups it was tough it was yeah. a hard weekend we were very limited to where we could get in at so and I think any every outfitter around here that does dove hunts is in the same boat we just were so limited. A lot of places, you had to hunt somewhere off of a paved road. Yeah, you couldn't go if if it didn't have a paved road right next to it you weren't getting into it and we have a lot of sandy fields that we hunt where if you get an inch to two or three inches of rain it you can drive right in no problem right. but the seven to eleven some places got a foot of water that's crazy 12 or 12 inches of rain can't imagine and and what are you supposed to get that much rain half inch to an inch or so it's the first time weatherman has been wrong in a long time and to our advantage to our advantage usually we get a 90 percent chance of rain supposed to rain for three days and get three to eight inches of rain and we get a quarter of an inch yeah like Dad says, it rained 40 days and 40 nights, and we got a quarter inch here. So, Anyways, I appreciate everybody listening in to us. Uh, to all of those people who messaged me when Rogers went down. Did you really get some messages? Oh, I got flooded. Your mouth overloads your ass a lot, I've told I you. I got flooded. I got memes sent to me. I got, <laughs> I got messages. I got all sorts of stuff. So... I appreciate you uh, thinking of me in my time of need as my fantasy team was uh, on the verge of collapse and my just my whole football season, basically, because I want to see the Packers go to the Super Bowl. So for all of those who reached out to me, whether you be supportive or trying to pour salt into my wound, thank you. I've, I'm a better person because of you. Okay, now let's be 100% honest here, which is something you're not being right now. I I texted you and you didn't even reply to my text no I called no, you let you me called me we were I, I had a screaming baby let, let, let me finish my deal and i called you and you didn't call me back so then after rogers comes out at halftime and you turned your tv off by this time i know no reese and i were watching the game andrew we were andy i saw the same halftime report you did and so i called andy and i said hey he's coming out in the field and you could just hear the sigh of relief come <laughs> off of him over the phone and so I knew he was lying about turning the TV off. He turned no, changed channels already. I did not. And Ask my wife. I bet your wife was so sick and tired of your shit by the second I quarter. I can listen. I'm honest on this on this on show. this part on this, on this show, show. You're full of shit there too. I'm honest. 
and not one moment was I worried. Not one moment. <laughs> He's so full of I'm y'all. <laughs> See, even when I'm honest, you make fun of me. Harry called me last night, and he didn't know that Rogers was coming back. Uh-huh. And he, at halftime, he called me, and he's like, <laughs> he said, ah, I want to call Andy so bad. He said, where's Mr. Rogers at now? And yeah. I mean, he was just he, relentless. And I told your mom, I said, you know what? Because she feels sorry for you. She thinks everybody picks on you all the time. They do. If you if you saw some of the messages I got last night. And I told Michelle, I said, Andy brings every bit of it on Michelle. I said, Harry don't pick on nobody. And Harry mm-hmm. thinks it's funny that mm-hmm. Rogers is hurt because Andy talks so much shit. Mm-hmm. Well, that does. That's that's kind of nasty of him. <laughs> but did you uh, notice Facebook changed after the game was over? Oh yeah, everybody got everybody got pretty quiet. Yeah, they did. Where, it, where are those Packers now? Twenty to three. Yeah, a lot a lot of talking. A lot of talking, and I got messages uh, when they were down seventeen nothing or whatever. Uh, now he did not look good at first. He did not. And when he got out, it, he wasn't making no difference in the game anyways. Actually, they moved the ball better when Deshaun Kaiser was in that one series. But he came out. He he come out. Bullets. I bet there was some ash chewing going on at halftime. And I th- I wonder if Chicago would have scored that touchdown if he wouldn't have played no more. If they would have just went ahead and went, oh, they would have been played. dead. He's a gamer. Well, they were talking about they didn't know if he would play if they scored touchdown here. Oh. Um, now, you're but back to my what I was saying before you scoffed at me. I was not nervous. I was not worried. It was week one. I was like, you know what? You got Sam Darnold on your bench. I got, but. <laughs> I got Sam Darnold. <laughs> I got a loaded, loaded team. I can wheel and deal. I could probably get, uh, you and know, just whoever I want. So I, w- I was never worried. But as a Packer fan, you know, even you said, you know, even if it's broken, or th- at that time I was thinking it was ankle because of what you, you text me. And I'm like, you know what, we'll, we'll go four and I two. I tried to make you feel back. better. I said, I said he'll be out four to six weeks. It's a broken ankle. No big deal. In my heart. I'm thinking, you know, I, I don't want Andy to – I want my goal is when Andy loses again with this loaded team like he does every year is to be able to talk shit back to him. So I don't want him to have an excuse. And that's what Tony said too. Tony said, I hate to see him go out because we're going to have to listen to Andy Wine all year long. It's the only way I can lose this year. That's what you've said every year. It's the only and – it's, and it's true. Yeah. Even with my even with my C team last year. So you should have had more close. points than anybody this week, right? And you won't be. If I'd have started Emmanuel Sanders, I would have. Ifs and buts are candy and nuts, and I'm babe. And I'm going to start Emmanuel Sanders this week. Okay, and then he gets seven points, and you'll be like, well, did you start? Andy, you can't. Everybody's got a team that if they start the right people, they'll win every week. No. Don't give me that not, crap. Not like me. You got Sam Darnold as your backup, and you almost was playing him every week. Almost. And you don't have no trade bait. Um, Who's your trade bait for another quarterback? Don't worry about it, Who's Jeff? your trade don't bait? Don't worry about you it, You don't Jeff. have it. You've opted out of this feature of the Fantasy Football League a long time ago. You're not trading with the GOAT, so it's okay. <laughs> You turn you turned down that package whenever you signed on the dotted line. You didn't want the extended warranty, so. <laughs> well, anyways, folks, matter. after you've had to listen to us whine about football again, we appreciate you listening in. We're going to have our uh, a podcast. We're just going around the lodge. We'll have it out also. Uh, thank you. Go to iTunes Reviews if you want to get on that dive bomb. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. And we're drawing that October 3rd, I believe. October 3rd? Why? You're the one that set the rules, bub. At October 3rd's the day I said? Yeah. Okay. Well, October 3rd then, Andy said. So, anyways. I think that's it. I'll have to look to it, but I'm pretty sure Pretty sure it's October 3rd. Okay. Thanks so, for listening. Appreciate you. God bless you, and have a good day. <laughs>